2: Every time I hear that, I can't help but go. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear it, I start singing along. Tonight's the night. 2:01 tomorrow morning. 2:01. Just what do we got? About 13 hours from now, somewhere there. 15 hours from now. Is this
3: the launch of the prequel?
2: Yep. The prequel is tomorrow morning, Minneapolis time, at 2:01 a.m. You gonna stay up for it? I get up for it. I wake up at 2:30 anyway. What's the difference? I get up a half an hour earlier. In any case, welcome to the family with
3: Doug Sprinthal
2: and Andy Barber-Bernard. And we'll be right back. Timmy Lammer sent us an, a bit of audio. I don't know if I can play. I can, I can hold my microphone next to the speaker, I suppose. We'll be back with the family. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. You ready? That's right. I am now. Thanks Doug for the Sprinthal,
2: cue. Doug Automotive Group, walser.com.
3: We are still buying cars. Uh, This chip shortage has ground on longer than uh, most of us had hoped in the spring. We thought we'd be out of it by now, but uh, it's uh, really curtailed new car inventory, and as a result, late model used cars are still quite high in value. If you have a lease car that is uh, up in the next six months, maybe a little longer, and you want to get out early and shop for something different, or if it's just an extra car that you don't need... Get a hold of us. You can go to WalzerBuyersCars.com and we can get you an online instant offer. Leases are a little bit more tricky. We have to uh, return them almost all the time to the manufacturer. So we were buying out Volkswagen and Ford leases, but those manufacturers no longer will let non uh, OEM branded dealers do that. So if you have questions, as always, you can email me at Doug at Walzer.com.
2: Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Do do rock out, man. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Well, I'm going to wait till Doug gets back anyway. What I'll probably do is uh, when he gets back, I'll, I'll, was just sent a nice piece of audio by Tim Lammers that has to do with the, uh, there. the Saints, the Saints movie. Now, Mr. Gelfand, are you going to watch the Mafia movie uh, tomorrow morning at 2.01 a.m.?
1: 2:01 a.m. That's that's pretty much. Well, I don't know. I'm you know I'm just starting to uh, kind of relax. Then you know have that uh, have that glass of milk, maybe mm-hmm. a cookie.
2: Well, certainly the There's night a... has just begun. The yep. night has just begun. So how are you doing, nothing, Mr. Gelfand? You know
1: nothing good ever happens before 2 a.m.
2: Uh, I think you're right about that. I do absolutely think you're right about that. Nothing good could possibly happen. I want to try to play a piece of audio here just to see if you can hear it, and I'll turn it off right away. I just want to make sure you can hear it. Here we go. Yikes. It's fine. Hold on a second. Is going to work? Uh, it's recycling. It's cycling right now. Nope. Oh. You cannot. No? That's too bad.
4: Yeah, no YouTube
2: links, Tim. What are you going to do? YouTube. Ever since they started running commercials, they've gotten really cocky. Have you noticed that? youtube They've been running commercials for ages. No, I'm talking about the, um, the volume of commercials which they run. Holy oh, well, yeah, God. of course. So, Mr. Gelfand, what's happened in your life? Uh, Sprinthal just walked in, of course. You know, he's got all these things that are big shot.
3: Oh, come on oh, now. Yeah. I've unlocked a secret to parenthood. You have? You know when you're, you go through that phase where your kids won't take your calls or call you back? or Like now? Do you ever go through that? Oh, you still go through it? Oh, yeah. Send your daughter to college in England. Every time you call, she'll answer the right. phone
2: right away. She's got nothing better to do.
3: <laughs> well, she's adapting, let's say. It's mm-hmm. Is she liking it? Um, she's sick. she got a cold. Her whole, oh, all God. her flatmates have been just, like, hacking up lungs for the last couple of days. Oh, but I, I think she's going to be fine. This is a big step for her. She just turned 18 and going overseas and, you know.
2: Don't ever say uh, "flatmate" in front of me
3: again. Flatmate is that (laughs) bad? I I was showing my Anglican roots. Yeah, there you go. What
2: are you saying?
1: I found my first week of college, first well, first month, to be so uh, mysterious, bizarre, wonderful, and scary that uh, I uh, I, I'm glad I recovered. It was there about a month when I when I had my first uh, really uh, serious college relationship. Oh, you did, and, uh, and, yeah, and because and I'd kind of been, you know, let's just say I had been spent most of my life, well, before and after, in a cocoon of despair.
4: Sounds so, familiar.
1: Uh, Is that the so
3: third floor <laughs> at Marshall? U or the second? I don't remember. Yeah, there
4: you go. I,
1: you know, I I did not go to Marshall University. Oh, I high thought school. you did. I went to University High School.
3: Oh, but not Marshall University.
1: No, we were actually the last graduating class. From from the, They shut the place down huh. after we graduated. They basically said, we don't like the trend here. We don't like the <laughs> students we're turning out. <laughs> These people have no future, so we're just shutting it down.
3: And That's apparently true. I was an improvement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess. No,
2: I have to so, check uh, in with you guys on one thing. What is it? What do you mean, graduate? What does that
1: mean? Yeah. <laughs> well that's that's the that's word that eluded me in college that's for sure in the college at the anyways. University of Minnesota and I got to talk about that but just to finish the story so um I um I i, I met I met this girl she was uh, you know very pleasant naturally she was a shiksa tom
2: Sure of course
1: yeah, yeah. she was she was blonde blue eyed and I think she found me to be um sort of delightfully frivolous in her own way you Aww. know you know what I'm saying Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, after, after we'd, you know, we'd been together for, well, I don't know, a few weeks, uh, 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 a friend of mine said, oh yeah, he, he said, I know, uh, well, what should I call it? Why don't I call her Trash L?
2: <laughs> That's a good I only really
1: say that because the word Trash L has now come into the idiom. I don't know if you read the story about, the, about Corey Lewinowski uh, sexually harassing this this uh, this donor from uh, I think Idaho or something. Mm-hmm. And I believe her first name was Trashell.
2: Mm-hmm. Trashell. you named your daughter Trash L.
1: That's that was I believe oh. that was her name. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so the guy said, "Oh yeah, you know I know Trashell, Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, "Of course, you know she's, uh, you know she's got that uh, fresh, you know the freshman fifteen thing going, right?" Mm-hmm. I thought it was a reference to weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Sounds like you were dating Sybil, Sybil Shepard from The Heartbreak Kid, Mike.
1: <laughs> oh, if only, huh?
3: I just watched that again with my wife about uh, two months ago. I had, Charles Grodin was great in that.
2: Oh, he's he a hell of an actor. Funny. Yeah, he was. He was very, very oh, good. Oh,
1: Charles Grodin. And you know what else he was great in was, was the, uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Mm-hmm. They did a. Didn't they do a? a somebody else did a, uh, a riff on it. Uh, there was the Heartbreak Kid the modern version or something. But the Heartbreak Kid, what that Heartbreak Kid, it was uh, Elaine May's daughter, Charles Gordon, Groden. I'm sorry, and um, Eddie Albert. Oh sure. And that was a, that was a classic. Even if it didn't matter if you were straight or maybe just slightly uh, ripped a little bit. <laughs>
3: Well, it was made in the '70s, so yeah.
1: Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it was it was hilarious.
3: And in the climax scene, he flew a hang glider right through the stained yep. glass window of the basilica. The right? basilica.
1: Yep. Huh. I wanted to do that many times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. Damn Catholics. But it would be yeah. That's the thing. It would be it would be a hate crime for me.
2: It would. Yeah, it'd be a hate crime for you. Can't be doing it, man. There's no question no. about it. No way. There's no doubt about it. You can you get AOC going after you. She won't just go after Israel. She'll go after you now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. When they start making it personal.
2: Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, what a world, man. We were talking about that this morning a little bit. Could anybody be any angrier than they are? My God, people are angry.
1: Yeah, they're, they're getting more pissed off every day. And, it, and I, I'll tell you one thing. It makes me mad.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I can see that, Mike.
1: I don't. I don't really have the luxury of anger anymore. No. I mean, I. 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 It's not that I never get angry, but it's like you know things. I used to like. I. I I'd lose. a would be sitting here at my computer, and uh, I'd. i I'd, I'd lose a, a two thousand dollar return on a horse Ooh. when the horse got disqualified. Well, in the, in the old days, I'd uh, I'd always be holding a pen, so I would throw the pen against the wall, you know, and break the pen, mm-hmm. sometimes leaving splotches of ink on the wall. Now I just shrug.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to shrug. Anger's <laughs> a young man's game. That's yeah. a possibility. No, we
2: got Henry on the phone. We got our guest on the phone, Henry Fambro. How you doing, Henry? Hey, how you doing? Oh, we got some breakup on yeah, the could could we get you to call again? The the lines breaking up like mad, Henry. If if you could just call back quickly, that'd be wonderful. All right. Thank you, sir.
4: Yeah, it yeah, pretty call
2: bad. Back. Yeah, that that happened. Uh, that happened on the morning show this morning too. Oh, did so it? I, I think that for so well, you know, we've had all these power outages uh, all yeah, over all over the, the area, and apparently the phone lines have had some problems themselves. So. Hmm. Hopefully Henry will get a nice clear line when he comes back. I just talked
3: to England, and it was fine.
2: Well, what the hell? Maybe Mercury's not in retrograde Leave over there. Leave me alone. How about that? Can
5: <coughs>
6: <at> you. <coughs> you,
2: you believe this, Gelfand? I got nothing but Doug Sprenthal going after me. It's just hideous. Terrible. All right, let's see if the line's better now. Henry, is it a cleaner line? Henry...
5: Okay, I'm here. Much okay. better. Good.
2: Yeah, that's much better, Henry. Thank you very much for your cooperation on that one. Ladies and gentlemen, Henry Fembro with us. The Spinners' first all new original album in nearly 40 years, the aptly titled Round the Block and Back Again. Henry, I got to tell you right up front, and this is absolutely true, uh, we had the Spinners, we had the OJs, we had uh, you know, Marvin Gaye. You guys saved my life back in the, in the late 70s and early 80s because I was a teenager. I know this is hard to believe, Henry, but I had a bit of a little anger problem back then, and listening to your music brought me right back, Henry. So thank you. You didn't even know you were doing it, and you did it. Well, maybe you did because it, you know you did it for a lot of people, I'm sure.
5: Oh yeah, well, it's like it's in your blood for me. It's in my blood, and uh, that's that's all I wanted to do from from the time when I. When we first started, you know even when when Harvey fuca was our of the Moonglow became our first manager, and um we recorded that's what girls are made for Ooh. and it it's we' just been going 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 ever since you know, and the the excitement is still there, and the and the, the enthusiasm is still there, and whenever I walk on the stage, I see the excitement in the fans' face and they Always welcome us, you know. So it's gonna
2: be it's the same thing all over again, you know. Yeah, Henry, I got to ask you something, and you know, uh, this is just my personal belief because it's been my favorite, my favorite music my entire life. Um, I'm not a big rap music fan, and the reason I'm not a big rap music fan is that you don't hear R and B anymore. Now you can rap all you want, but you got to throw me an R and B station at the same time. You have to.
5: Well, rap. If you're rapping, you don't have you you don't have you don't have that feeling. Right. You know the the song. You don't have the music. You don't have the music to to uh, uplift you. You know, and if you're rapping, all you're doing is is putting your favorite rap out there and what you thinking and what you what you think people are doing. But most of the fans want to hear music. You know, yeah. music is the background for everybody. You know, music is is your life, really.
2: You know. No, I was being very serious about that, Henry. I, I literally, I would, you know, as a as a mid teen to late teen, you get in those moods. You know, you get all depressed because you don't, your brain's not working properly because you're a teenager. You listening to your music, <laughs> Henry. I'm serious. Listening to your music helped me out greatly. Marvin Gaye. I went down the whole, the Four Tops, the Temptations. It was music where I grew up, and I would listen to that. And, and, Henry, the thing about it is, 99% of the time, that was feel-good music. It was about meeting a woman. It was about dancing. Oh, yeah. It was about it, it, having fun.
5: Everything was back back then. The music was your life, you know? Yep. I mean, it's, it's the feeling that the music gives you. It's a great feeling that you get from the music. And uh, it just it, music was, was it. You know there was nothing else at the time, even today that give you the feeling that music gives you, you know because it's part of your
2: life, you know No, it's no question. and I Henry, I can still look back and remember all the... matter of fact, I was in a band from the time I was eleven till I was nineteen years old, and I got to do from okay. uh, from the temptations when they did it. Uh, people talking about how you have uh, three outside children and another wife, and I would go, and that ain't right. I got to do that part, Henry. I was very excited.
5: <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't beat it, you know, because it, It's the it's the it's feeling that you can't explain because it's 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 like it, they say it's in your soul, you
2: know. No, there's no it's question
5: within your soul, and, and you feel it, and you you can't explain it, you know. But it's there, you know.
2: Now, how did how did music happen in your life, Henry? Where, first of all, where'd you grow up?
5: I grew up. I grew up in Ferndale, Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, I went to Lincoln High School. I went to Ferndale High School, and um, the guys and I went to school together. And back in '61, I was drafted. You know, you at that time, you know, you, the army came and got you when you turned 18. <laughs> oh, yeah. So,
6: <laughs> yeah,
5: I'm me. I I spent two years in the service. And the spinners was, was, was carrying on until until I got out. You know, when I got out, I, I got back with
2: him and we kept on going, you know? God, I just think it's wonderful. I'm looking down the list of your music and all the great songs from, you know, Rubber Band Man, I'll Be Around, Working My Way Back to... God, you, great music, Henry, really
5: great music. Thank you, and uh, the, the music... Is, 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 is you, you contribute that to our producer at the time was Tom Bell. Mm-hmm. that that came up with the with all those great hits, you know. But from the beginning it was Harvey Fucker, like I said before. And and that was that's what girls are made for. Him and Gwen, Gwen Gordy, Barry's sister, they got married, you know, they were married.
6: Right.
5: And so that's what girls are made for put us on put us in, in the uh, limelight, and uh, that, that was a top sort of hit for us. And so that was put us in the limelight, put, us, put our name out there so the people remember us, you know. So from then on to now, it, that's, that's the way it is.
2: <laughs> Which is how it should be, as a matter of fact. Is that, Now, why, why has it taken 40 years, Henry, 40 years to do another album? Why, why so long?
5: Traveling around the world, you know, and sometimes you you, you, you you can't do things right after one another all the time, okay? And this, that was the lull between our recording and and the album that we get out now, and uh, the way it came came about is 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 great because we had time to. To travel, time to think about recording, and all the time that was, that was in between, everything came together with with with, with this album, you know, and uh, our producer collected the material, and uh, hey, it, it, it just it was right for us at the time. Sometimes you have to just let things play out, you know, and uh, it played out good for us. Played out very good for
2: us. Well, yeah, played out good for all of us because we got to enjoy your music. Now, I need a favor from you, Henry, because uh the album The Spinners, Leap Year Extra, I need you to get me one of those suits and send it to me. You remember the suits on the on the on the Run, album man? cover? Remember the this your, the suits you guys are wearing on the album cover of Leap Year Extra, that that lost songs from the spinners from soul tracks? You know that cover? Uh-huh. You got some you got a suit on there. I
5: need that oh, suit.
3: Henry, don't send it to him. The man can't dance.
5: <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, it's fine to me what you're saying. I, I, I want to make sure, make sure I know what I, know what you're talking about.
2: There's an album cover, and the, the five of you are on the front of it, and you're wearing these powder blue suits, and they got, like, white highlighting on them. They're very classy. For, first of all, people need to know that when the spinners hit the stage, the spinners were dressed to the nines. You guys always dressed very well.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh well, that that came from uh, from 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 from, from uh, uh, the man that made our made our clothes for us from California, and uh, I'm trying to think. of I don't forget, man. It's been so long. Uh, he um, and at that time, you know, he made all all our clothes. He he was a, he, he, he he sold all our clothes and. His ideas were great, and uh, you know, and I'm trying to think his name. I, 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 I don't know. It, it's slipping my mind right now. But um, it, 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 it's his, it's his mind for the, uh, for the clothes that with that, that he presented to us it was great, man. Everything was great. Yeah,
2: you know? yeah, it was. No, there's no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, this summer they return. Yeah. Uh, of course, first album in, in nearly forty. Harvey, Krantz,
5: Harvey Krantz. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the name, Harvey Cramp. You came right back to me. Yeah. Uh, California, Harvey Krantz.
2: How long did it take you guys to put together "Round the Block and Back Again"?
5: Oh, that wasn't. Uh, that was. I was producer uh, that compiled the material. And it wasn't that long that uh, once we once we got it together and presented it, and uh, we rehearsed everything, and uh, we got it ready, got 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 it ready to to go into the studio. And so that's the way we perform. You know, we don't just go into the studio. We always live with the material. And so when we do go in the, the studio. It's like like we're performing, you know.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. Now, Henry, you got to tell me you you coming to Minnesota for some. You're gonna go. You got to go on tour to support the album. I'm assuming you you got to come to Minnesota, don't you?
5: Yeah, I think we come in there, so we we're gonna try to get one of the songs cliche into the into the act, but it's kind of hard because we we want to. We've got
6: to have time to live with it, you
5: know. Mm-hmm. And without without a schedule, uh, we're gonna try to we, we'll try to get it in
2: there, you know. No, I just think it'd be great. I'd love to come and see you guys after all this time and now almost in well it says nearly forty years again. The aptly titled "Round the Block and Back Again" has been released. Uh, I've always loved your music. I'm, I'm, you got to come back on the show, Henry. I, talking to you for only fifteen minutes is not long enough. We got a lot to talk about. So you have to come back, all right?
5: Anytime you want me to, let me know,
2: Henry. You're a good man. Thank you for your time today, sir.
5: Okay, thank you.
2: Bye-bye, Henry Fambro, ladies and gentlemen of the Spinners. Now, you guys, now galfan and I are right in the wheelhouse at the right age for that. Listen. Oh,
1: yeah. I I remember um, driving driving in my uh, Chevy. Uh, my dad had my dad had the the cheapest, worst. Chevrolet ever made. And, and that's saying something, by the way.
3: Yeah, that's true. Was it a Chevy? you know, when
1: you drove a Chevy or a Ford in the 60s, you just hope you could make it from one mechanic to the next one. <laughs> you, you know, like the idea that you could, like, take a cross-country t- trip, you just laugh at the concept. It couldn't be done. Not happening. I, but, but I remember, you know, I had, I had uh, I, I'm 16 years old, I get my driver's license, I'm sure you know you can... Relate to this, Tom, and all of a sudden, this whole new world of music is opened up to you. Because my parents weren't listening to uh, to soul music.
2: No, I suppose <laughs> that soul didn't come. You didn't have KUXL uh, on the Curtis Mathis. Is that the problem?
1: KUXL. That's that's where it was at. And I remember I'm driving down I'm driving down University Avenue on my way to school, and I'm listening to KUXL, and what comes on, but Otis Redding, thinking oh. Try a Little Tenderness. Oh. And I had to pull over to the side of the road.
2: I understand completely. God, Otis Redding. That Redding's was one.
1: like a religious experience. <laughs> it really
2: was. You're absolutely right. One of my favorite KUXL stories of all time, Mr. galfan 1570 AM KUXL. And you remember the nighttime disc jockey's name? Had a very good uh, name.
1: Was that what? Was oh, I, I I'm not sure. I was thinking it was Dan Poche, but...
2: No, he was on KQRS. Yeah, well, that's right. I think he
1: was on KUXL, though, before that. No, he
2: that, was. You're he? absolutely right. Yeah. But the guy that was on every night on 1570 KUXL, soul music for the Twin Cities, you're listening to Pharaoh Black.
6: Oh, <laughs> ah! sure, yeah. Remember yeah. Pharaoh <laughs> Black,
2: baby? Pharaoh Black, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I get in the car one night, and this friend comes and picks me up. He's an Afri- African-American. He's a black kid comes and picks me up at the house, and we're driving around. He goes, hey, Tommy, let me ask you a question. Now, I'm going to have to not be able to use one of the words that he used, so I'll just go with the big N, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying.
4: Yeah. So he picks me up. We're driving no, Dad, around. I don't know what you're saying. Well, please
2: elaborate. Please elaborate on what you mean. So we're driving around. He goes, hey, hey Tommy, there's this new radio station, man. Would you look for it while I'm driving? I said, okay. <laughs> you know where it is? He goes, I don't know, man. It's up like $1,400 or 1500 is up there one of those deals, Okay. So I'm tuning it in. He goes, Oh, I think that's it. I think that's it right there. Let's leave it right there. I'm pretty sure that's it. So we're listening. We're listening. And all of a sudden, this voice comes on and it goes, Your chance to take your whole family to Hawaii. And there's a pause. My friend goes, That ain't it, man. Ain't no big ends going to Hawaii. (laughs) It was one of the greatest lines ever.
1: <laughs> remember, remember the big sponsor? Well, I think maybe the, the number one sponsor was Cliff's. Remember that? Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Cliff's Clothing Store. And they apparently, you know, have the latest fashions. And you remember this, the slogan, right?
2: Yeah, what was Cliff's? It was phenomenal. I remember you brought this up on KQRS one time a long yeah. time ago.
1: Their slogan was, don't be a stiff go to cliffs. Don't
2: be a stiff go to cliffs. That's exactly it. Oh, God, we got to take a break, Mike. You can, be, you can stay with us for another segment, I hope. Oh, sure. Okay, we'll be back in just about three minutes more with Mike Gelfand, brand new to the podcast, to the family. We'll be right back.
6: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle,
3: President and
6: Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
3: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
6: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses.
2: He got his snazzy music playing, his little drum kit, is all I have to say. It's me playing. Ladies and gentlemen, latest cast member uh, on the family podcast, Mike Gelfand. Basically a member of the family for, what, about 40 years now? Because I first met you, I believe, about 40 years. Wasn't it 81 or 82, something like that? Yeah,
1: it was right in there, yeah. At the weightlifting contest? The first time contest? we really talked was I was doing a story about you ad, for Ad Age, of course. Oh, that's right. And, uh, and I, uh, I uh, the in- interview was it was somewhat uh, well. Let's just let's just say it was somewhat eccentric. It, I conducted it while you drove around the chain of lakes drinking Diet Pepsi.
4: <laughs> Nothing's. Changed. You mean Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi? Huh? <laughs> no, that was Pepsi Light. It
2: was
1: lemon <laughs> oh, flavored. This
4: was before the Wild Cherry Pepsi. It was lemon flavored, oh, Andy. But it
6: was all. And, and oh,
1: that that- and that was and and, and uh, that was when the old man was uh, your old man i say not the old man
6: mm-hmm.
1: your old man was pushing the record well, who were you working for which, which label when was it
2: capital records capital yeah
1: capital yeah you were pushing capital records but you had a lot of you had a lot of free time you know between uh between meetings
2: well but mike you pointed out one time on the air I don't, you probably don't even remember this because you, you brought that up on the air about 30 years ago on KQRS. He goes, you know, I was driving around with Tom. He's driving, and I'm interviewing him for Ad Age. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, well, how do, how do you get these things played? How do you get people to play your songs? And, and basically you answered your own question and said, you just threatened them, didn't you? Look, I'm not coming over there. You are going to play the song "Goodbye." <laughs> That's real. Yeah, well, they're...
1: basically, basically in those days, wasn't it sort of an equal distribution? Uh, obviously, there were a few few guys who just did it with charm, like you, right? Yes,
2: charm. Mm-hmm. Yes, charm. Yeah.
1: But then again, there were the two other camps, and uh, they were basically split between uh, between uh, violations of the RICO Act. <laughs> That's true. And uh, sexual favors.
2: Mm, that's true as well. There's no, I didn't get involved in either. Thank God, no, because I no, could just threaten no, people.
4: Didn't. Well, I think you're forgetting the other camp, the "Would you care for a line of coke?" camp. Well, there is that.
1: Well, yeah, it's sort of. I kind of wrap that in.
3: Yeah, that was kind of that was table stakes in the show. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty Heart much part of the same taco. Yeah.
2: You know one of the greatest things about that that job, Mr. Yellowfan, was. Hey, I need you to play this new song. Well, we don't really want to play that. And I said, Yeah, but I really need you to play this song. And they go, Well, it's not really. I said, Okay, here's the deal. You play the song, or you will never see a Beatles catalog again as long as you live. Mm. <laughs> so be that...
1: That's the way politics used to work, and it should work again. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was that was LBJ. Uh, Yeah. You you know, you 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 got. Let's say you have. Let's just say, for example, you have two rogue senators who aren't going along with the plan.
2: You mean like two, like a man and a woman? You mean like that? It
1: could be. Yeah, could could be. be. So you say, you say, look, uh, here's the deal. Um, You you play the game with us. Uh, We build a new defense plant in your district yeah, oh in yeah your state oh yeah depending whether it's a rep or a, a senator you don't go along with us you're no longer chairman of the judiciary committee you are now the uh, second in in command in the wildlife and fisheries committee
2: oh that's an important position right there
1: baby that was the classic threat and they that that did it you got the job done
2: now i have to ask you guys a question i'm asking all three of you andy's here doug's here Mike Gelfand uh, on the horn. Um, i got to be honest with you guys. The level of harm that people are doing to other people and the anger that's out there, I still don't know how you get to the point where you can – look, if you're pissed off at me, that's one thing. But going after my – destroying my family? What are you doing? I. I how can people kind of – rectify that in their brain, that it's okay. I'm going to go after, no, I'm not talking about me personally, but I'm just using me. I'm going to go after Tom, and I don't care if it hurts Catherine and Andy and Alex, too bad, because I want to hurt Tom. How do you get that to work in your brain? I don't get that. I don't think it's a new phenomenon at all. Do you think it's always been that way?
4: I mean, I don't think the crusaders were too worried about the families of the people they were crusading or, you know. No, that's uh, true.
2: That's true. But you know that was something important. That was
4: religion. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. Well, it's the, like
1: thing the... Is, yeah, you know, you expect you expect that kind of behavior from uh, you know from the uh, Giancante family, right? Right, right. That that you just expect, but you don't expect it from you know from Jimmy next door who works down at the Ford plant. Yep. And now it's everybody. It's and everybody, it and largely because of social media, now everybody can be a mobster.
2: Now, Mike, that's a great way to put it. Because of social media, which we on the KQ Morning Show nine years ago said this is going to destroy the world, and it is mm-hmm. destroying the world. You cannot give people that much power because they'll abuse it every time.
4: Well, name a tyrant that didn't rely on people ratting out their neighbors on the regular. Yeah, true. It's been it's going always- on forever. That's how, that's how Nazi Germany worked. That's how the Soviet Union worked. That's how Cambodia worked during Pol Pot. Yeah. Without the people it's saying, "Hey, by now. the way, my neighbor is doing this thing. Come get them. Those regimes never would have taken place. But yeah. people do it because they're cowards.
1: Now, now, basically, every night in America is crystal knocked.
2: Yeah. No, you're right, Mike. That's a very good way to put it because it does remind me of, of the the. It doesn't remind me of the entire regime, but the way they're handling things reminds me a lot of of Nazism because they turned people against one another, and their whole edict was: if we can turn people against one another, we can control everybody.
4: Like I said, it's yeah, all tyranny, all totalitarianism. It all has that one common thread. Yeah,
2: it does. It's, mm-hmm. it's quite scary, actually. I, I really wish people would stop. Well, and then I was just I did an interview this morning on the KQ Morning Show about. Uh, um, not Pfizer, what was the big... Pharma, big pharma, mm-hmm. you know, pharma. They're the ones who came up with OxyContin. mm
6: mm-hmm. Remember that? mm
2: mm-hmm. Well, OxyContin is not in and of itself a bad thing. Well, yeah, but they had it like 15 times normal dosage. So that they could make more money. Not...
1: You just blame the Germans for that. They 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 invented all of the opioids. They
2: did, yeah. That was during that was during Hitler's regime too, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, know. yeah. Before and during, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hitler was a meth addict.
2: He was, and they got a lot of his troops uh, addicted
4: <laughs> to meth as well. You can march a long way when you're on meth. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can march halfway through uh, Russia before you freeze to death.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, that's what happened. The <laughs> drugs ran out, and they were like, "Oh crap, it's cold." Damn, it's cold out here. I didn't notice that before. <laughs> Yeah, that's
2: the only thing I will tell you is that I, I don't know how anybody can take a political position right now because all of them are driving me crazy. They're not, Republicans, Democrats, even centrists. Like, could you just calm down?
3: I, I, I read this this morning. I had to look it up. Do you know Ben sass is a Republican senator I, yeah, from sure. uh, Nebraska, I believe? <clears throat> he said... Uh, Reps, Matt Getz, AOC, and Marjorie Taylor Greene aren't serious adults.
2: (laughs) I love it. I thought that was pretty good. I absolutely love it. Well, when the woman started, Mike, how did you feel when AOC started crying when she, we wouldn't just get rid of Israel and let people kill all Israelis? Hmm. Started crying
1: about that. What the hell is Uh, that? Yeah, and but, uh, you know, I did not vote for any members of the squad. I just want to
2: make that clear. No, I, I'm in the same. But, well, again, I voted for... I had the uh,
4: opportunity to, but I did not I,
2: take it. I did it.
1: have mm-hmm. the
4: opportunity, yep. yeah. Oh, Ilan Omar? Yeah, I was yeah, in her district. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I don't even know whose district I'm in, and I'm happy about that. I have no idea whose district I'm in. i got no idea. <laughs> that's when politics it. was a lot
1: more fun. I'm mm-hmm. in Angie Craig's. I voted for her.
4: I like Angie Craig, yeah. she's
1: been
2: on the show I, I do like Angie We're going to get very... her
3: back on here in a few more weeks I, think. Yeah, I, I like her a lot Didn't
1: she, didn't she have the, the uh, commercial where she was in theory, Theoretically uh, Paddling a canoe down the Mississippi yes. River Yes I didn't yes.
3: see that one <laughs> We'll have to tease her about that.
1: <laughs> we will.
2: You're absolutely right. I, I
1: yeah, remem- that that I rem- is definitely one of the bottom ten.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is, absolutely. I remember telling oh, I
1: like her. I like her, Tom yeah, during
3: yeah. the election that she must be really attractive because when they tried to run the hate ads against her, you know, where they make people look just horrible, right, right. she actually looked pretty decent. She looked really good. <laughs> yeah, she did.
2: She did. And I, I like the fact that she's so open. Well, she hey, you know, I'm gay. I, I, have a, uh, I don't know if she's married, but she's got a girlfriend yeah, and all yeah, that. No, she's married. Oh, she is married. I just like people that are right up front, and like yeah, this is who I am. You don't like it, kiss my left nut.
3: Yep,
4: I think I love the that. Uh, absolute bottom in terms of political ads was the one from 2010 in Canada. Sam Katz, uh, he was playing like a soccer game or something like that, mm-hmm. and he accidentally kicked some kid. Oh, and so they ran it and they go, Sam Katz, he kicks children in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. But he's just going around doing it on purpose.
3: And I thought the nuclear war was the most. Now he wants to kick most... you in the face. Yeah. Exactly. And now he wants to kick
4: you in the face. Now you know, uh,
2: I would say I'm, uh, I'm about as centrist as they get. And I, I you know, well, an example of that I use is Ryan Winkler. I really like that guy. He and I talk quite often. And then mm-hmm. Pat Garofalo is a is a Republican. And they're both friends. Uh, you know, one's pretty far left, the other one's pretty far right. Yeah, they're both
4: pretty extreme in their positions, I would they say. They are.
2: But they get along, and I get along with both of them, and I really wish people would pay attention to that. You can get along with people you don't agree with, you don't have to have them
4: killed. Uh,
2: that would be a At nice this position point, to take.
4: It feels more like. Prison gangs. It does. You don't yeah, join one right. because you agree with them or because you like them. You join them because the alternative is that you're unaffiliated, which makes you a target.
1: Yeah, well, you just you just do it for protection. Exactly. Is Jimmy? That's, that's why during my four year stint, uh, you know, I had to I had to join the Aryan Nation.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, of course. Yeah, I could see you in that. There's no question about it. Fit right in, yeah. I bet. Huh?
1: Well, you know, I. I was, uh, I was the librarian.
2: <laughs> they read? I didn't know Arian's read.
1: I think, I, I think that if I ever went to prison, I would be like Andy. I would be the, not not you, Andy. The Andy in the movie. I would be like the librarian. Or, you know, mm-hmm. sure. one of those gigs. Well, you I do have a friend me. who was a librarian you... when he was in prison. Really? And he said that uh, he said it was a very peaceful time. And uh, you know, it wasn't like one of these deals where they got to play golf on Wednesdays or anything.
6: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: But the, he said that the you know no no one ever you know gave him the shiv in the laundry room. That's good. And uh, like because everybody, the librarian is someone that everyone needs for a favor eventually.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. That that is a good. You know, I got to be honest. I used to go visit, go visit friends from high school or whatever. I'd go visit them in prison, usually at Stillwater. Once in a while at Oak Park, you know, we go over there. But first time I ever went to Stillwater prison to to visit one of my old schoolmates, I'm standing there. I look out to the. I believe I would be looking to the south from level one, and I said, "What is that?" And the guard goes, "It's the golf course." I'm
4: like, "What?"
2: What? Was, yeah, there's a nine hole golf course at that. I don't think he play it anymore, but they. they Oak used, Park Heights? No, it's still. Still no, It's Still, it's still There was a nine hole well, golf course. Heights.
1: Well, that's, that's yeah. like what? I I was when I was working at the uh, at the newspaper, the, the, the Minneapolis Tribune. Um, I, I went on a tour. It was it was really a tour for for the benefit of uh, Miles Lord, the great. The great and rather sure. uh, irascible judge, sure. an activist judge, and uh, so we got to tour the. Uh, I think do they call it CMAX? It was in those days the maximum security level. Yeah. Yep. CMAX. Level. Then. Yep. And uh, and uh, it uh, you couldn't really hear much going on because there was a group of about a hundred people uh, beating on uh, some sort of spiritual drum. Oh, sure. And of course they were uh, they were ululating. Well, mm. oh, they were, yeah. Oh, and, oh, yeah, yeah, and I think probably if 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 I ever was was imprisoned there, about ten minutes in, I would I would uh, I would uh, put down my cell phone and yell, "Can you keep it down, guys?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that'd go huge, Mike. That'd go over really huge, Pally. <laughs> I don't know. It's that's a whole different world, isn't it? You you talk, start talking about people going to pre- oh that guy by the way that I went to visit all those many years ago the last time I ever saw him and this was god probably 40 years ago now somewhere in that area area anyway last time I saw him he was riding a bicycle down Plymouth Avenue naked
6: hmm
1: <laughs> what? i don't Boy, know why I be kind of an adventure huh you <laughs>
2: would imagine it would be an adventure yes Riding a bicycle naked. I pretended I didn't see him and he didn't see me, So that was good. I didn't feel like talking into his microphone, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, There's a lot of yeah, potholes on planet that, that one. Way. Yeah, I, just thought, I didn't see the wisdom in making contact. You know what I mean?
1: I think that would be go under the heading of the recidivist wears no clothes. Ooh, I like that.
2: Yeah. Emperor, recidivist, whatever works, man. It all works out in the end. That's all I have to say. Mike, what do you think about the position? And I don't—I don't want to get too serious here, but I just—I'm I, having a really hard time. Grew up where I grew up, of course. Um, you know, being exposed to cultures and all that. What is the problem with these people in Israel now? Is Israel not allowed to exist anymore? What the hell are they thinking?
1: Well, it's—it's it's a rift. It's a—it's that, that goes right down the middle of Israel itself.
6: Yeah. Yep.
1: You know, not everybody in Israel wants uh, wants to bomb the Arabs back to the Stone Age. Right. And not everybody in Israel wants to give them the right to vote or live. Right. So there actually is a middle ground there. We don't hear much about that.
2: Well, that's interesting. But, that's why I brought well, it up. But,
1: yeah, it's more than you think.
2: Yeah, I just I don't understand. Uh, uh, another thing, and, 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 again, I don't want to get serious about this, but I'm just kind of really bewildered by all this stuff. Uh President Obama just did an interview with ABC television, and hmm. he criticized uh, Biden's uh, border policy, and they edited it out of the interview. Really? What the hell are you doing? You're editing a former president, Barack Obama, because he doesn't agree with something that's going on? I. What is that all
3: about? Well, that started about four years ago, and I yeah, think it uh, kind of carried
2: over. Yeah, you <laughs> I think, think so. it's habit at this point. Yeah. <laughs> to what? To... to, to but i mean how does that cross over to barack obama i don't, I don't get know. it
3: well i i i don't know for sure but mm-hmm. once they started editing yeah 45 trump i guess they figured well you know we're now why did we they, they edit do whatever him? we want Well, because he was he was prone to saying some pretty outrageous well, stuff good. from time so, to time
2: so you expose him to the people as yeah. being the, that kind of guy yeah, theoretically let the people hear and let make their own
4: decision it. don't yeah you don't have to be their mom
2: what do you think? You think that's the wise way to go? You let you let Trump, you let all these people go and let them talk, right? Let the people decide, right? Well, I wish someone
1: had edited me a few times during the morning <laughs> well,
2: show
6: here.
2: Me too, Mike. I'm, yeah. I'm shoulder to shoulder with you. It was always you. the dump button. Yeah, we didn't use the dump button too much. Can you
1: remember the uh, the time? It was amazing. We were doing the multiple matrimony thing. Sure. Which was always a lot of fun. It was a great idea, mm-hmm. and uh, so we were we were out at the Mall of America, and usually it was like what about fifty couples or so? Yeah,
2: that's about right.
1: Fifty couples, and you know they they most of them it was a, it was they were having a lot of fun, and you know finally their finally there were four or five kids got to see their parents get married. <laughs>
5: okay. And I'm not, I'm not
1: knocking it. No, you know, I, I mean know. A, a lot of those people, yeah, you right. know, it was it was a fun thing, and a lot of them couldn't afford it, so. So we had uh, we had the uh, judge Happy as he was called, mm-hmm. yep, judge and Happy. Um, and Judge Happy was was doing you know the thing where he'd do the KQRS thing, and we'd say K is for the kindness you show each other. You yes. remember all that? Yes, sir. So this was the only time, the only time in 25 years in radio that I messed up in this way. I I just assumed that my mic was was off right oh, no.
4: you can never assume that oh no so
1: so judge Shappy said and K is for the kindness you show each other and Q is for the the quality of life that you two will share. And then I turned to someone and I said, and the R and S are for marriage really sucks <laughs> which is and, a great line. Uh, yeah, and uh, so that brought everything to kind of a halt. <laughs> you guys ever
3: thought about having a reunion with the uh, probably four or five couples that are still married? You know, yeah, i wondered?
1: wondered. Have
4: you ever done any like follow-ups for those? Almost all of them are still married. Are they really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh. They are. Oh yeah. No, I I knew someone, um, a pretty close friend who uh, who got married there, and that was hmm. you know quite a few years ago. Very happily married. Yeah. How about? Well, the... I think most of them were. Most of them were very happily married because of the fact that they had already they already were happily married in everything but
2: you know the law that's very true <clears throat> another great gal fan quote well looking at me I remember we we're there about the th- second third year we we're doing it whatever and we're sitting there waiting to go uh, get the thing up and rolling and the music <laughs> starts and they would send out the first couple right we mm-hmm. still uh, yeah we sent out the first couple. And uh, they sent out without telling me they were going to do it. They sent out a costumed male shark and female shark to get married to promote their their whatever no. their thing out there. And I yeah. saw them, and no one told me they were going to do this. And I'm looking at them, and Mike Gelfand leans over and whispers, "Don't kill them, Tom." <laughs> <laughs> you knew how pissed off I was. These people are there to get married, and you're kind of making fun of marriage by marrying puppets? I mean, what are you doing? It's like they weren't getting
1: enough publicity out of the thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Boy, Mike, over the years. Hey, you know, you brought up some great times. Hey, you, you, you haven't brought up the guy who broke his neck trying to win $10,000 by diving into oh. a pool of
4: turds.
1: What? Oh. <laughs> he well, goes, that was oh. one of the lower points.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Broke his neck. Ow. Well, that money couldn't have been worth it then.
2: It was a pretty uh, shallow pool, let me put it that way.
3: Or pretty hard turds. Or pretty yeah. hard
2: turds. That you wanna... It was chicken poop, wasn't it, Mike? Oh, I think it was chicken, it was chicken
3: poop. poop. You can get exactly really
2: was. sick
4: from that. Yeah, he was diving into chicken poop. Yeah, you can get like all sorts of bacterial diseases. I
2: suppose you
4: could. Amoebas, yeah, you don't want that.
2: You know, Mike, I, t- I will tell you, though, looking back, what a thrill that was. Having you guys on there, of course, Marky e. Rosen was on there at the very beginning. He replaced by Passel, well, by Mark Curtis, who I ended up hating his guts. God, I hated that little prick. But anyway, um, he was another one of those guys that thought he was a lot bigger deal than he was. But, uh,
3: he, how long? I, I barely remember him. How long was he on the show?
2: Uh, not even
1: one year. Oh, okay. <clears throat> not even a year. He's I think just... he, I think he wound up in a market where he could be successful.
2: Really? Was that small?
1: Well, you know, wasn't he in <laughs> Arizona somewhere? Yes.
2: I, I think he, that's where he ended his career, somewhere in Arizona.
1: You know, I think his act played a little better there.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're right. But, but looking back at all those things, Mike, in the great times with, yeah, when you and uh, you came on the show, of course. And I will never forget the argument I had to have with the general manager. Like, you can't have him come on. He doesn't sound like a disc jockey. And I said, yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> I, I think you missed the point.
4: <laughs> I think that would be a good bit was uh, the, you know, call it the JQ morning show or whatever. And it's just five people all with identical voices.
6: Hey, man trying, how you a, doing, man, trying to
4: have a conversation. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I actually heard that the other day. <laughs> I'm I, sure you I, did. I had, to get up, er, I had to get up early. And I want, and so I was, you know, you know how it is, Tom, and we've always been done this. You drive around, and you're interested to see what else is on radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure. driving around, and I'm listening to the station that we used to ridicule a lot, if you, if you recall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> CCO, KDWB,
3: which one? <laughs> All
1: of them. Uh, well... This was the the what we like to call the elderly neighbor.
2: Ah, yes, exactly. Which is all a bunch and, of flaming
3: uh, lefties now. That place it has is, really yeah. changed.
2: Uh, Chad's running the
1: show. Oh What's yeah, the
2: flaming lefty. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Chad, who's a good friend of mine, by the way, I think the world of Chad, but he is further left than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. Holy
1: God! Oh, I, you know, I had I actually had no idea. Oh uh,
2: yeah, he's very very. John
3: funny. Williams was they got a black woman on there named Shalita Brundage. I mean, it's, yep, it's, yep. I, I listen to that station fairly often, and I can't believe that it's the same. And, you know, there's well, an AM station that's managed to stay relevant at some yeah. level. That's, yeah. There aren't many of those. No, that's true.
1: Well, there were, two, there were two white guys talking. And, and first of all, you know, two, two guys, two white guys the same age talking. They sound alike. You can't tell one from the other. And I thought for a moment, I thought it was actually one guy pretending to be two guys. Like
2: Steve Cannon. Like
1: Cannon, right. Except with Cannon, they were characters. These guys were just very boring guys. So you don't know (laughs) who's who. And they're talking. And this guy is talking about a trip he took to Portland. And then he's talking about... He's going city by city in Oregon, and where they wear masks and where they don't. Oh, and he, yeah. And then he starts getting into the "as I said" thing, right? Uh, Whenever you hear a guy on radio say "and and as I said," that's when you that's when you turn it off. Yeah, no, you're you guys right. He's got nothing nothing to say.
2: We'll close this hour with a very quick. Uh, uh, no, are you, are you on the second hour? or are you, are you just on the first hour, Mike? I don't even know. Nobody ever told me.
3: It's your show. Uh, you're whatever the one that you
2: set
1: said. it up.
4: Well, no, I, but I just want to make
2: well, sure he's comfortable doing that. the second
4: hour is your show.
3: So. Whatever
1: works for the uh, show. Well, oh. stick around
3: if you don't have anything to do. Well, yeah, we're calling two yeah. guests the when. I actually just call in one. Oh, when? Probably right after the commercials when we start.
4: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on uh, if you want to talk to who is our guest and what are they on about.
3: Well, it was a, uh, a brilliant idea of mine and Alan's that didn't, hasn't really panned out. Like so we were looking for podcasts, short material for this automotive software company that we're working for. And, and they're like, yeah, we can talk about the product. I said, nobody's going to want to listen to that. Why don't we talk, have, we'll solicit people to tell us the worst experiences they've ever had buying a car. And we can collect them and it'll be a great way to, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. So we were talking about that on the morning show. The only guy who's brave enough to talk about it sent me a three-page letter about how effed up Walzer was 20 years oh. ago. I'm like, okay, you, were, you took the time to do all this. Yeah. I'm going to put you on. So Did you
2: really? Yeah. Oh God. So, Mike, if you could stay with us at least for a little while. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just, you, uh, I'll
1: listen it? to that and I'll come back after uh, after that segment. Yeah. Okay. Sounds well, good. you
2: could talk during the segment too. You can yeah. do whatever you want, Mike.
1: Okay.
3: Not a lot of structure.
2: We'll take a break. Be back in about five minutes with part two. And part two, of course, is Car Selling Secrets with Doug Sprinthal.